0: Acts chapter 11, in our series of evangelism episodes, we continue in that in Acts chapter 11, if you'd make your way there, A Mindset for Souls, Acts chapter 11, and I want to read the the text before even getting into the introduction, Acts chapter 11, beginning in verse one, of course, as is the case with the book of Acts, it's narrative, so it's telling a, a, a story of the first century church, what what went on in a particular situation. In verse one, and the apostles and brethren that were in Judea, Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. And when Peter was come up to Jerusalem, that they that were of the circumcision, that is the Jews, contended with him, saying, that is the Jewish believers in Christ. That's what I'm meant to say, saying, thou wentest in to men uncircumcised and did eat with them. But Peter reviewed the matter from the beginning and expounded it in order, uh, in order unto them, saying, and now Peter's reviewing what happened in chapter 10. I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision, a certain vessel descending as it had been a great sheet, let down from heaven by four corners, and it came even, uh, even to me upon which, when I had fastened my eyes, I considered and saw uh, four-footed beasts of the earth, and wild beasts, and creeping things, and fowls of the air. And I heard a voice saying unto me, Arise, Peter, slay and eat. But I said, Not so, Lord, for nothing common or unclean hath at any time entered into my mouth. But the voice answered me again from heaven, What God hath cleansed, that call not thou uh, common or unclean. And this was done three times and all were drawn up again into heaven. And behold, immediately there were three men already come unto the house where I was, sent from Caesarea unto me. And the Spirit bade me go with them, nothing doubting. Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me, and we entered into the man's house. And he showed us how he had seen an angel in his house, who stood and said unto him, "'Send men to Joppa, call for Simon, whose surname is Peter.' Who shall tell thee words by which thou and all thy house shall be saved? And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them as on us at the beginning. Then remembered I the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Forasmuch then as God gave the same gift as he did unto us who believed on the Lord Jesus Christ Christ, what was I, who was I, that I could withstand God? When they heard these things, they held their peace and glorified God, saying, Then hath God also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. <clears throat> You've heard it said, and it's mostly accurate, that if you aim at nothing, what? You're, you're sure to hit it. And that is, to a great degree, true. So in, in our lives, just in our normal day-to-day lives, strategic planning... Uh, even setting goals, realizing goals, does not deny the sovereign will of God in a believer's life. I've walked with the Lord, as I shared this morning, nearly 46 years, this week. And in that time, uh, I've had many desires, aspirations uh, come to pass. I've met goals relative to uh, my family life, relative to education, uh, professional life, material blessings, and uh, and the like Um, I have uh, in place now Kathy and I do a plan for retirement one of these days the voice is not going to be able to uh, uh, continue at at this pace I'm guessing so in 20 years 25 years when I'm ready for retirement um, we have a plan in place those are good things and I know the same is the case for many, if not most, or all of you uh, adults who are gathered here. Because things like this do not happen by accident. If I fail to plan, I plan to fail, right? And we know that's just wise stewardship. Nothing, nothing uh, remarkable about that. Um, core convictions of where I am and where I want to be generate goals which leads to strategic plans of how to get to those goals. Business 101, we understand that. These principles also operate in the realm of my spiritual life and in the realm of the church in that core convictions lead to strategic plans. That is, I know what I believe, now how am I going to get to that realization of the will of God uh, in, from that uh, that core conviction and so these core convictions namely in this in this context of sharing the gospel that must be a core conviction of believers it could hardly be more clear that's why God has left us to glorify him by communicating uh, the word to the lost the word of the gospel it in, in, to the degree that uh, Jesus said before he ascended go teach all nations, baptize them, see them one to me, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. And I believe, if I, uh, and I I didn't do, I didn't exegete this, but in my memory, I believe the only verb is the imperative, go. The rest of them are participial phrases. uh, uh, as, As you are doing this, as you are doing that, but the verb, the command, is to go. He has sent us out into the world. That is undeniable, inarguable. The corporate church, the individual believer, must have a mindset for souls. That is the core conviction. We're not to be cozy and comfy. We're to actually bring the gospel to a lost and dying world. Uh, Now, how you go about doing that, that's the $6 million question. But in this text, I identify four operating principles, which must be a a part of my life because we see it as a part of Peter's life and of the early disciples. And I offer them to you this evening. First of all, we see in verses 1 through 6 that believers with a mindset for souls, that is, you are burdened for the lost. You have God's vision. You see what God sees. And in fact, in our text, you'll notice upon, uh, in verse six, uh, verses one through six, um, I want to highlight this point, you see, upon which when I had fastened my eyes. Now, that's talking about in the physical realm, but we, God wants us to see the world as he sees the world. Now, the Hebrew Christian leaders, that is those Jews who had come to know the Lord, presumably on the day of Pentecost, uh, and and now just a few chapters later, and maybe a few months later, they were uh, the The leaders in the church uh, in Jerusalem, they still had some residual racism involved. What, Peter, you ate with those uh, uncircumcised, those unclean people, meaning Gentiles, you actually had a meal, you went into their house, and Peter recited the story from chapter 10 and told them. Um, Spirit of God, it's interesting, Spirit of God moved upon Luke to uh, revisit this very uh, subject uh, because it's it just in detail in chapter 10, now revisiting in chapter 11, maybe because we need to hear that in 21st century America. That is, we still need to know and to be reminded God is no respecter of persons. Amen? Uh, it, it, it's not your pedigree. It's not your ethnicity. It's not your your language group, people group, whatever. He is no respecter of persons, and he wants us to be mindful of that. So what is God's vision? Well, it's to see the world impacted with the gospel. That is, the gospel permeating every nook and crown, cranny of the world. And folks, truly, uh, that, would, that would have been just a wishful thinking, presumably, even a generation ago. But we absolutely are seeing that come to pass right before our eyes, aren't we? Do you know that our ministry that started here, I say our ministry, we support gotquestions.org literally has millions and millions of people coming to their website every month not in the history not in the 20 year history of that ministry every month millions of people from all over the world even North Korea a few sneak through the uh, the curtain that they have uh, set up there in North Korea even there occasionally there will be someone making an inquiry about a gospel or a theological point or question even from North Korea and every all the other countries, I've been uh, I've been answering questions. Anybody else answer questions for .gotquestions.org? dot, got questions, dot got org? Uh, there are uh, there are a few web who do. I've been doing it for seventeen, eighteen years, and I don't I can't even I can't even begin to count a hundred different countries. I've had questions come in that I've addressed because I get one a week, uh, uh, so that's uh, that's fifty or so a year times eighteen. Uh, you do the math. What is that? Nine uh, nine hundred. Uh, yeah, 900 uh, or so. And so lots and lots of different countries. Most of which, at least the ones I get assigned, are not America. Uh, they're not people from around the corner. And, uh, and so we're seeing, uh, the point is, we are seeing God's vision realized right before our eyes in our day. What an amazing time to be serving the Lord. And so God's vision Yes, it's across the sea. Yes, it's around the world, but it's also right across the street. Peter just went a little ways, uh, and he was into Gentile territory, if you will, and the gospel was to go to them. Folks, we need to see South Kansas City the way God sees South Kansas City, and have a heart to share the gospel. In fact... Uh, Along this line, Jesus said in John chapter 4 and verse 35, Say not, there are yet four months, and then comes the harvest. No, behold, I said to you, lift up your eyes. There's God's vision. Look to the fields right around you here, for they are white already to harvest. There's all God. We don't have to do any. If we were of a mind, we could busy ourselves from now until eternity just seeking to reach the folks In 64137, 64134, 64030, our zip code's just right around here. You all follow that? So look at the world as the Lord looks at the world. And of course, he came to get the gospel to the world. And we see that in verse 6. I fastened my eyes. I looked at what God was seeing. I saw through his eyes that the fields are white unto harvest, meaning it's ripe. Secondly, we see in verses 7 through 10, believers with a mindset for souls have ears to hear God's heartbeat. Verses 7 through 10, notice it says in verse 7, and I heard a voice. Now, of course, uh, he's alluding to the vision that he received, but for our purposes, what is God's heartbeat? That it's not just that, uh, that he sees the need, the lost condition of mankind, God is moved with compassion. And we are to have that compassion and carry it passionately to the world. It's not just seeing the need. It is having and receiving God's heart, his passionate heart for the lost. Folks, anyone can put put money in the offering plate. And if our, if, if your heart is right, your motive is pure, uh, then uh, to God be the glory. That's good. That's a good thing. We're called to bring our first fruits. Um, but anyone can do that. It's another level to actually be burdened for the orphans in Haiti at our orphanage. For, to be burdened to get that missionary on the field. It doesn't take even much passion to strategize, but it does take passion to actually do something about it. And so God's heartbeat is a heart for the world, his power, his presence, his passion in our lives. You know, uh, along this line, I, I, would, I would argue, I, would, I say argue, I would uh, offer that what God resists and rejects the most is dead religion. Dead religion, that just going through the motions, and that is not who we are, but you'll remember in uh, in Revelation chapter 3, check that, Revelation chapter 2, John wrote by the Spirit of God to the seven churches of Asia, right? Who Who was the first church? Who was it? Say it loud, you all know, Ephesus. And what was said about Ephesus? all kinds of glorious things I mean this was the church of all churches in the first century they had all the ministries all the leaders all the doctrine I mean this was cutting edge Christianity in the Mediterranean area but what did he say at the end of that part to the Ephesians I have one thing against you what is it what loud you've lost your first love you've grown stale and this was a thriving, healthy local church—the number one in the first century—had everything going well. And yet, by ninety-five A.D., Spirit of God moved John to say, "You've lost your love, your fire, your passion. Oh, you still have ministries. Your church building's still there. People still attend. But there's there's no unction. There's no power from the Lord because." You're just going through the motions. God saved this church from ever having that reputation. He's jealous. God is jealous. He deserves passion. He, he, he demands passion. He desires passion. He delights in the passionate following of his people. In fact, Colossians three twenty three summarizes it. Whatever you do. It doesn't matter if you're teaching a class, you're serving on a committee, you're singing in the choir, you're going to the mission field, whatever you do, do it heartily. Uh, The word there is with an overflowing soul. Do it heartily as to the Lord and not just to be seen of people. That's the idea there in Colossians. And so I ask you folks, do you see the world as God sees the world? And is your heart stirred with his heartbeat? for the lost Peter had to be taught that thirdly verses 11 through 14 believers with a mindset for souls have feet to walk in God's pathway look at verse 12 if you would look at verse 12 and the spirit bade me the spirit gave me a commission go with them and don't doubt you see it's one thing to be able to see what God sees. It's even greater to have that and a passion, his heart, to address the desperate need of lost souls. But it's all academic unless we actually move out and do something, leaving my own comfort zone. Let's be honest. It's more comfortable to hang together with you all Probably not everyone uh, would like to be um, cooped up in a car on an over-the-road trip with me for a few hours, but some of you would like to be. But it's better than being a lot of places that you could be in the world better, meaning it's more comfortable, it's more fun. We, uh, uh, we have a kindred spirit, amen? Do you identify with what I'm saying? I mean, that's the, go- that's the gravy on top coming together here. And, and, and fellowship opportunities and all but if that was all the lord intended for us he'd just take us on to be in his presence and with the redeemed throughout the ages but that's not what he has he wants us to actually put the shoe leather to the pavement coming out of one's own comfort zone um, and to serve him And verse 12 really is the key peter had give, been given a vision In order to see what god sees he'd revealed to peter that his heart peter's heart needed to change one from hatred of the gentiles to tolerance of the gentiles to now actually loving to go after the gentiles and peter was changed he responded by eagerly walking god's pathway one with a mindset for souls must not just talk about reaching souls but to actually intentionally invade the enemy's testimony uh, territory you've heard my testimony kathy and i we live where we live and we chose where we we chose uh, chose to live after we were married six years ago uh, and, and we waited a year strategically to figure out okay where are we going to my next move's heaven the best i know i don't plan on moving uh, uh, anymore One of these days, it's been five years we've lived in this place, Kathy's going to get it decorated. She's not done yet. She she works at it every day, five years now, but not yet. (laughs) That's inside baseball. The story is after we lived there a year and she decorated perfectly, I said, okay, we're done. She says, done? We're not done. Oh, when will we be done? Well, we're never done. (laughs) We're never done? (laughs) So we, uh, we went there strategically, so that we can actually be a light in the neighborhood now it's fine to have that vision it's even better to have that vision and to really want to do that but you got to get out of the house and make it happen strategic planning gives you a direction on which way you're going to go y'all following this that's what happened with peter his heart was changed and he got up and went, and as, as the Lord had commanded him, he calls you to do the work of an evangelist, of a discipler. Don't leave it to others. Boy, I tell you, uh, pastorally, uh, <laughs> I don't want to say it irks me. I guess it grieves me for a Redbridger to say, "Pastor, my neighbor really needs the Lord." I want to sick him on, uh, I want to sick you on him. No, you go. (laughs) You go and share the Lord. He's or she's your neighbor. You're the one who has an inroad there. And Kathy and I have a purpose to go after our neighborhood. Walk the streets. Engaging, I mean literally, when I say that, I mean literally walking the streets. Engaging folks for the cause of Christ to the degree that that open door is there let me let me give you some practical pointers on walking God's pathway individually just as an individual believer first of all make sure you know how to share the gospel that that, that's the strategic plan if I'm going to engage somebody I I need to know to some degree what I want to share And, and of course there's so many resources available that a believer just could never should never be ill-prepared. Read a book, go online, talk to me, learn how to teach, uh, share the gospel with the lost. Secondly, identify lost people. Who can you reach? Who is within your sphere of influence? Who is on your pathway, if you will? Identify those folks, family members, co-workers, classmates. Start praying for them. Deepen that burden for that particular person. These are practical. Carry gospel tracts with you. And then look for a strategic time to distribute them, depending on what the subject matter is. Uh, Sometimes the subject matter is a particular item and then brings the gospel in. So be strategic in that way. This is is very good here. Be aware of how the doors were opened through current events. Something going on in the world and you will have opportunity to share the Lord. I just did that uh, with a Jewish fellow. On, and Kathy was with me. Uh, on Israel's 75th anniversary of becoming a nation. And uh, I was talking to this man uh, and I said, uh, I don't know uh, a lot of Jewish men personally. And I was talking to this, one, this man and I've known him for some time. I said, although my best friend is a Jewish man. And uh, he knew he knew exactly what I meant by that. <laughs> and and so I'm I'm 75th anniversary of Israel just happened, and so using that I mean, a week ago today, as a matter of fact, I think uh, looking for current things going on to be able to introduce the gospel. Look for a tragedy. My, the greatest opportunities that I have at sharing the Lord with the lost are, are funerals. I never, if I can help it, I never pass up a funeral what that's weird no it's not you got a you got a, a an audience who's not going anywhere uh, i mean son and daughter and and grandson and grand they're not going to go running out they're going to they're going to listen to the funeral message of grandma the, and and that is an opportunity to be able to share look for times to share what happened to you in your life with Christ and so these are just some you could you could offer a a hundred more but here are some things that will help you be on the pathway walking out God's vision his heartbeat um, as you put feet to pavement now corporately oh one other thing and this is most important obviously be a shining example of Christ. Uh, Folks aren't going to believe you if if it's not credible. So your life must be credible. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness. Somebody ought to be able to say, tell me what is the hope in you, 1 Peter 3, 15, and you'll be quick to share. Now, corporately, what about as a local church relative to um, going into the world and uh, that mindset for souls refuse to stand on the periphery jump in the water's fine (laughs) okay jump in get involved in the area of evangelism whatever that might mean heading up a a group volunteering to go on a mission trip giving to missions uh Financially, whatever that might, jump into the work of the church as the Lord called Peter to do. Participate in corporate church-sanctioned projects that we, uh, that we have, uh, efforts that we have, Oktoberfest, Road to Bethlehem, or going into Terrace Lake and St. Catharines this coming Saturday. You say, oh, that's scary. Maybe I'll have something else going on. Yeah, it's not comfortable. It's cozier just to sit at home, to watch the flowers grow. But by his grace and for his glory, if you will say, I am going to cast aside fear, I'm going to reject apathy, and God, I am going to receive the burden that you want me to have for the lost in my community, I'll go. I'll team up with somebody who's more experienced. That's fine. Everybody begin somewhere, and I'll go. So, participate in a corporate ministry. Sacrifice time, talents, treasure. In God's work. And then pray, of course, for the Lord of the harvest to reap. But before anything else, you need to commit That I'll walk God's pathway. And if it has been sin up to this point of rebellion, no, I'm not going to do it. Or indifference, eh, i got more important things to do. Turn from that. Repent of that. Confess that. God, I've not had your heart. I've not seen the world. I've not had your vision. Not had your passion. And I've not done anything about it because of that. And I am turning. I am truly confessing that as, as resisting your will. Well, that's sin. And I'm going to, by faith, follow you. Now, maybe it won't be this Saturday outing. Don't hear uh, hear that in a manipulative sense. That's just by way of illustration. But in some way, shape, or form, walk out the gospel, you, yourself, individually, and then we, corporately, in sharing the Lord with those who are dying in sin. Finally, verses 15 through 18. Believers with a mindset for souls have lips to speak the message. Uh, uh, Kathy said this morning to our Sunday school class, people do not get saved by you living a good example of, of following Christ. Oh, to be sure, you are and I am to live a good example, a credible example. But they actually, there's a content to the gospel message, right? And the content... Jesus died for sinful man. Come unto him. Call upon the Lord and you shall be saved. There's actually a message to speak. You're not going to do the producing? Look at verse 15, if you will. And as I began to speak, sharing the Lord, sharing Christ with them, uh, giving them, reviewing his testimony... Talking to them about what Jesus did. Uh, And then they, in fact, were saved. God did the saving. Now here's a a key. God doesn't save people because of you. And he doesn't save them in spite of you. But he will save the lost through your testimony, your witness. He's pleased to do that. that. That is his plan. That we go and share the lord so child of god you have a message to share he wouldn't have left you here he wouldn't have left me here if he thought the work was already complete but it's not complete ergo we are his witnesses the issue is will i be a faithful witness of his or will i not are you sharing your testimony are you distributing gospel tracts are you giving to missions are you looking for opportunities to witness on the job in the neighborhood are you involved in some capacity in corporate evangelistic life here at this church if not why not the bottom line God calls his children to have a mindset for souls and if not then to develop one and to adopt one even this evening because making a difference, the gospel, making a difference in the lives of the lost. There, it's our marching orders as soldiers of the cross and of those that the Lord has called to share. Do you have a mindset for souls? You know if you do. I know if I do. And may the Lord convict us if not. And, and if so... May he blow open doors of opportunity to share and to see him bring fruit through our time of, uh, of speaking and sharing the gospel. Lord, I'm so thankful for this reminder. So many things about this, the, the, the um, rejection of racism that we see in this text. The adoption of a burden from you, a passion for the lost. The exercise of faith to actually go out and do it. And then the knowledge that you are the one who does the saving. You will bless with fruit. And so, Lord, this, this passage has everything about an episode of evangelism. May we live... In the midst of Acts 11, 1 through 18, in our own lives and in our corporate life of your church, honoring you, glorifying you, and seeing you resurrect dead souls to know you, to follow you, happened in our lives. May you use us to see that happen in the lives of others for your name's sake, Lord Jesus.